Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0. Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one half of the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2. But oh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2, but oh, but also men and our friend and our smackdown, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. Uh, Michael Hamlet getting prepared to be the surprise on AEW Dynamite tonight. That's why he's not here, or he's just taking a day off work, to be perfectly honest. And uh, what did you make of an action-packed NXT 2.0? Too much bloody action. Too much bloody what action. wrestling on this sports entertainment show. And, uh, and uh, it feels, je- like we say this all the time, it feels like, what you do? That's not what you do. Yeah. That's not what you do. You might as well change the name of the goddamn brand to WEE. <laughs> World Entertainment Entertainment. Because they don't give a toss about the wrestling. So when you do a lot of wrestling, I'm mm. thinking, that's not what this show is. Come on, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Minimal wrestling, maximum bollocks. <laughs> Ensure is a good sign. Yeah. Uh, look, it just wasn't particularly great. I don't think the right... If you're going to do a big card of wrestling... Highlight the best wrestlers. Oh, some decent action. Um, some good, uh, promising individual performances from acts that are kind of coming along is the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, I quite enjoyed a lot of the stuff they did on this show. Like you say, it's it's surreal to say this, but it's like, what is it like? Like tuning in to watch, I don't know, World's Strongest Man. And they go, now we're going to do a profile piece on uh, Dave Smith. I'm like, no, I just want to see him like pull a train yeah. or something. I don't. I don't need to know about his background. I want to see him lob some boulders about, basically. I was massive at school. <laughs> I was quite strong, so I thought I'd enter strong man. Yeah, that, don't get bogged down in the details, guys. Um, but for, yeah, for what they did, it's a mixed bag. I think it's fair to say on this show, and we'll go through uh, all of it. Of course, as we get to it. But let's start with it. I thought a brilliant opener. Uh, it was the uh, semi-final of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, like, of you course. You like Melter with your star ratings these days. I'm getting carried away, aren't I? Yeah. I'm biased, though, because one half of the match was the grizzled young vessels. Uh, they took on the Creed Brothers, like I said, for a spot in the Dusty Cup final. And, well, it was a story of Wile and Naus and what have you versus just brute. Force and power, uh, and the Creed Brothers were, I thought, surprisingly over uh, for amongst this crowd for this match. Uh, they attacked the Grizzly Young Veterans before the bell, uh, before Zach Gibson can get out one of his brilliant promos. Uh, but they fall fall to the double team sneaky tactics, basically, of uh, of Gibson and Drake. They uh, isolate Brutus. Uh, they actually slam his sort of throat, his windpipe. Uh, against the steel underneath bit of the ring, uh, which they then subsequently target and, and work him over. He eventually gets to his corner, though, hot tag to Julius Creed, who uh, runs wild, and Gibson has to make the save on Drake, uh, breaking up a pinfall. 
They make a blind tag. Julius has no idea, and he gets taken out by a tope. Uh, they also then hit a doomsday device, but Julius just gets his uh, shoulder up at two. Brutus gets the hot tag this time, and he squares off with Zach Gibson, and they go back and forth, a bit of a slugfest. And then Gibson goes, well, I'm not going to win this, so I'll just punch you in the throat again because you got that injury from earlier. That allows uh, him to take control. Um, and there was just a uh, the closing moments I thought was was really enjoyable. So there's Gibson and uh, I think it was Brutus sort of brawling. Drake goes up top to hit some double team harsh finisher effectively, and then in comes Julius. He leaps over Brutus, who shoved Gibson into the corner, grabs Drake, superplexes him, uh, and then Brutus Julius is going to do the sliding lariat thing that they do. And Brutus stops him, A, because I think he's a legal man, and B, because, no, I want to take his head off. Uh, he does that with Drake and gets, uh, he does that with uh, Gibson, sorry, I think it was, gets the one, two, three, and the Creed brothers advance to the final to the adoration of this NXT crowd. Absolutely. I cannot praise this as a complete performance because it wasn't, mm-hmm. but there were certain spots that the Creed brothers did in this match that popped my tits off. Mm. Um, If you haven't seen the show, and you probably haven't because you're not a 62-year-old serial sex (laughs) offender, the spot that Will Bourne was describing there, if you hadn't seen it, picture the old, awesome Kurt Angle runs up the turnbuckle Mm. to do like an avalanche overhead suplex spot, except one of the creeds like runs up his partner's back. (laughs) It's mad, isn't it? It was absolutely class. So that was a great spot. And they do this cool as all hell and painful looking double team spot. Um, but you know where Brock Lesnar can do more to make you wince with like a knee to the gut than most people can with like a head drop move. The Creed brothers, these amateur informed guys, like both sort of stand up on one side of the ring and there's a guy in the middle, their opponent. They just roll them, the opponent, towards one another and back by kneeing them in the gut. Oh, yeah, I love that spot. so cool, like, quite a smart thing that makes them look like cavemen who are so hard that they don't have to do anything fancy. They can just knee you really hard in the gut, like, frequently. So that was Human great. pong. Yeah. Um, I know I got a lot out of the Creed Brothers. I thought that this is more inventive and less of a dumb jock blur yeah. than their normal work. And I really liked not the sp- just the spot in itself where he ran up his mate's back, his brother's back. But it was genuinely like, we're not just these brute strength idiots. Like, we've got a bit more about mm. us than you might expect on the surface. And because it was so unexpected, because look at their faces, they look goddamn dumb as hell. <laughs> that spot really got over, not only in the fabric of a match of we've outsmarted you, wear the baby faces, but it just completely took me by surprise. What a cool spot, perfectly positioned in the match and in the context of the match. This is really quite strong. It's most I've been impressed by the Creed since a debut. Uh, and spoiler alert, I love the dynamic heading into the final. If you've got on one side MSK, who do that mint moonsault flip thing, then the other one just pushes him onto the... And these two just pick each other up and slam yeah. them onto their opponents. Just like, well, I'm sure you'll be all right, and they're going to get squashed underneath you. Uh, we go backstage. Cora Jade's getting interviewed about her uh, fledgling tag team with Raquel Gonzalez when in comes Valentina... Uh, Feroz and Ulyssa Leon to sort of talk smack. Uh, I didn't understand a lot of this because they were talking in Spanish. Uh, thankfully, in comes Raquel Gonzalez to back up Cora Jade and uh, Leon and Feroz leave and Gonzalez says, yeah, that's right, only I can call Jade that. And Jade does the whole, wait, what do they call me? Just setting up the start of the Dusty Women's Dusty Cup, which I believe happens in two weeks. Yep. That would say. No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then leading into the next match, which was uh, Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Wendy Chu's been on a big shopping spree with uh, with Tiffany Stratton's dad's credit card. Um, the card did eventually get cancelled after it was maxed out, but her and Amari Miller had, had, had got, bought some good stuff beforehand. This, so, this show, at large, is so stupid <laughs> that it kind of... This is my excuse anyway. This show is so stupid that it stupefies you watching it to the point where you can't even ask basic questions. Why didn't they just, the second Wendy Chu was like, I've got your credit card. Why didn't Stratton go, well, I've got a direct line to my bank (laughs) uh, with personal details and I can just simply cancel it. And by the way, if there was any, any kind of suggestion that, oh, why are you cancelling this? 
Is it suspicious? Can you prove that it's been stolen? Yeah, it was on national telly. <laughs> it was on national telly and indeed on YouTube for free. So just here's the link. Cancel the card. Save us all a lot of silly bother. And also, if you want to prosecute her, she's openly admitted committing a crime on national yeah, television. She was actually quite uh, enthusiastic about it. <laughs> anyway, then we got the match. Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Chu looked in control early on. She frustrates Stratton. She, uh, Stratton, she dodges kicks. Uh, she hits a one-footed drop kick. She does that brilliant running elbow, the go-to-sleep with her pretending to be asleep, basically. Um, she goes for a handstand splash in the corner. I love the fact that this is her fire-up spot. She goes for a handstand sort of splash in the corner. Tiffany clips her as she does that and then realizes, oh, my God, I broke a nail. That's like the, you know, May 19th for her. She just fires up at that point, hits her own handspring splash, uh, drop kicks, nails a baits Wendy Chew down in the corner, and then hits a basically a spinning Vader bomb to give Tiffany Stratton the victory. Can you imagine a man on the show, like, kicking off because a part of their body didn't look as nice as it did before? It's so goddamn bad. So goddamn bad. On the plus side, there was a new Wendy Chu spot. We thought they were going to run out the uh, both arms outstretched yawn, when in fact I need to reach out my arms to like wrench your neck back. Mm. That was Put actually you into a sleeper. Yeah, that was quite cute. That was quite cute. Ah, this isn't funny. I don't like it personally. I'm a bit of a bore when it comes to Wendy Chu. But if you like Wendy Chu, the good news is they seem to still enjoy crafting these spots around. Being tired and being a wrestler. It's so <laughs> goddamn dumb. Uh, Stratton looks like she's got something about her. Um, so many matches on NXT 2.0 fall apart. She looks like she's kind of knows what she's doing in mm. there. But the idea... I was impressed with her this week. Oh my God, a broken nail. <laughs> that is enough to piss her off into becoming a better combat athlete. Yeah. Like, her priorities are... is a body... It is so male gaze written by mm. a man, this show. You can't be offended by it. You just have to take a perverse kind of amusement. It's not, mm. it's not offensive. It's just stupid. <laughs> Spinning Vader one looked nice, though, didn't oh, it? Very nice. Very nice. Uh, we get a video, video of Draco. Uh, How do people like that? Was it? Venice. <laughs> uh, Draco Anthony, uh, of course, lost last week, uh, and he's disappointed with his performance. And in comes Joe Gacy. Uh, he says he doesn't need to be disappointed. Keep his head up. You don't have to do this by yourself. He says, I'm, I'm here to listen. Not just your actions, but also your words. And then he leaves, and then there's this awkward standoff with Draco Anthony and Harland. Mom, can we have Hangman Page in the Dark Order? <laughs> no, you've got, you got Hangman Page in the Dark Order at home. That's all I could get from this. Do you want to play an impromptu goddamn game? Go on. Right. Clearly, going down, down the, the line, line now, here. Uh, <laughs> Gacy and Holland. maybe they're recruiting a little stable. Mm. So this guy, this fella's in it. Draco Anthony, yeah. Draco Anthony. What's the stable's <laughs> name? <laughs> oh. I've got one. Ready for this? Go on. The woke leftist mob. <laughs> Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> and WWE. For, no, it's not like. Um, yeah. Oh, that's really good. Woke mob. That's exactly woke, the kind of... Th woke mob's good. Pritchard would certainly go for that. Yeah, well, I feel like... I like it. I feel like this is the legitimate WWE meeting. I like that. It's not got enough words in it. <laughs> like, trigger maybe needs to be in there. Oh, yes. They're so behind the times, right? You remember this? Can you remember this? <laughs> remember, was it Blue Wave when people thought, like, Trump was going out and, like... yes. They are so stupid. Blue wave, more like new wave. <laughs> and they don't realize there's a 1980s music, pop music genre called that. Holland being part of the new wave movement. I like that. Yeah, woke, the woke mob. I mean, say what you see. That's what they see. And then, yeah, and then you can do some Tony D'Angelo mob stuff alongside it as well. So that's absolutely, absolutely. It's universe building. I'll give you that. This is exactly the kind of mean spirited, utterly pointless, agenda driven bollocks 
that Bruce Pritchard will do. <laughs> yeah. I did think last week, oh, God. The safe space? Ooh. I think their finish is called the trigger warning, isn't it? <laughs> is it? No, that's what it should be. I don't know if it is. Oh, right, right, it, it should be. Oh, like, should be, yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I do feel... Dear dickheads, if AEW introduced a far-right act and they were meant to be the heels, I would hate that as well, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah, I just feel bad for Drake Anthony because I was like, oh, that's a bit rubbish. They've, you know, vignetted him and then he's one of the few people who actually loses on his debut. Oh, well, it can't get much worse from here. Oh, it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it can. At least it makes the loss make sense. Uh, Christ, I'm writing for a .NET bloody wrestling blog. Let it play out. <laughs> uh, right, M- uh, Mackenzie Corp with Hey Dune uh, to talk about Tony Angelo. Uh, and he says, um, Tony talked talk way too much, but uh, since he's lost to uh, Cameron Grimes, he hasn't said or posted anything on social media. He said, next week, we're going to finish this inside of a steel cage. And then Draco Anthony walks up and says, hey, he done. I respect you. I'll see you out there tonight. And Dunn says, whatever, I'm still going to snap your fingers. I don't care about your fingers. No need for that to Draco Anthony, is it? Oh, Pete Dunn's a boring cock, isn't he? <laughs> then we got the match. Um, <laughs> which, weirdly, they did this a couple of times on the show. Started during the ads. Yes. They sort of came out, and I was like, okay, cool. So they're going to be faffing about in the ring for three minutes, doing poses and stuff. The commercial break is a necessary evil because... That's how wrestling makes money now. And kind of has for the last however many years, but especially true now. I would rather see the very obvious, do a high spot. Oh, I'll see something like that if I tune back in. Mm-hmm. Here's three minutes of heat in picture in picture. That's the compromise we all kind of roll our eyes at, but we know it has to happen. Like, set the goddamn tone first. Give me something worth coming back to. Weird. It gave, it gave me flashbacks. Entrances is all this company likes. Yeah, it gave me flashbacks to... Uh... That brief period where they were like, just do two out of three falls matches, I think. That'll keep people sticking around. So we'll do the first fall and then say, well, we've still got potentially two more matches to come your way from this. Like, you've not figured this out in the however many years you've been oh, going? Yeah. Madness. Know. Anyway. I thought that was like an epiphany. Jesus Christ, we're going to get the bloody Russo ratings back with this two out of three falls <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it was, um, there was the usual, like, uh, what, 1.5 million people watching Raw. Um, and then they went to the first break after a fall, and we came back, and there was 9 million people watching it. <laughs> Everyone went, turn off Tucker Carlson, which you should, but turn off Tucker Carlson. There's a potential another two falls going on on the other channel. You're not going to miss a goddamn minute of this electrifying action. <laughs> so we come back, um, and uh, Anthony's got getting a bit of offense in. Hits, hits a suplex, uh, but the Dunn eventually fights back, goes after the fingers, of course, and sort of dominates uh, the grapple uh, on the floor. Uh, starts nailing him with strikes, takes control. Drake Anthony fires back up, and then you see Joe Gacy and Hartland uh, in the old uh, William Regal perch thing looking over. That sort of distracts Anthony. Dunn cuts him off, and then Tony D'Angelo, sorry, Tony D'Angelo slides in at the ringside, tries to attack Dunn. He swings a crowbar at him. Dunn dodges it. Then Dunn posts Tony D'Angelo, gets back in, and wins the match. Just, oh, okay. Screw everyone, I suppose. Hits the bitter end on Draco Anthony. I'm not campaigning that Draco should have won this match. It was just like, oh, that was easier than I thought. Hits him with the bitter end, gets the pinfall. Uh, post-match, D'Angelo hops up back up on the apron and goes for a sleeper involving the crowbar. But uh, Pete, Pete Dunne snaps his fingers. And then he goes underneath the ring and starts chucking anything and everything into it. Bin lids, bins, kendo sticks, chairs, whatever you want to think of. Uh, and, of course, his trusty cricket bat. And he uh, cuts a promo on Tony D'Angelo saying, uh, you're going to need more than that crowbar next week, fella. He said, um, why don't we attach all of this bollocks that I've got in the ring? I don't know. Why, is he going scouse? He's going a little bit scouse. A little there. bit, yeah. yeah. Why don't we attach all this to the to the to the well, not the ring, the cage, and make a weaponized cage mat? I love that. I love that. Like a, a little glimpse of the bollocks of which I love about this show. Weaponized cage match. Great, funny. <laughs> I mean, it's just class in it. What a little rubbish. The match will completely suck. It is like they've gone. Well, well, it's the hat on a hat. Give them a cage match. They've done sort of something like that before. They had war games. Can have some plunder in there. All the plunder. All the plunder. 
Was there anything you want to say about the match? It was fairly straightforward, wasn't it? It's pit, like resourceful storytelling. If you want to be, like, if you want to appreciate the most basic fundamentals, basic fundamentals of storytelling, where you can advance two things at once. Mm. Why are you Tony D'Angelo? Why don't you just wear boxing gloves next week? You can't snap your fingers. I've worked it out for you, Tony. Yeah, a weaponized bloody cage match. A lot of grabbing, a lot of climbing, a lot of, I can just punch you in the back of the goddamn head while you're reaching for a weapon, but no, because I'm unable to do that because I'm selling moves that ordinarily wouldn't hurt anywhere near as much were I not in this stupid contrived gimmick match. This could be genuinely crap. <laughs> Decided not to use the term Ambrose Asylum match, I see yeah. as well. Goodness me. Uh, well, we'll talk more about that on the preview next week. Uh, we get a meeting between <laughs> a tag team who still don't really get on. Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. They're talking about the Dusty Classic. Obviously, Zoe Stark still hasn't recovered yet from her injury. Um, and Zoe says, look, they run through the teams that could well be in the tournament. And uh, she says to Io, I know you want to win those titles back. We need to find a hard-hitting person who will sacrifice themselves and is just as crazy as she is. And Io says, all right, I'm in. I've got someone in mind. Zoe says, who is it? And Io just won't tell her. <laughs> but we got our answer by the end of the night, I suppose. And they're a hell of a tag team. Hell of a tag team. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in due course. Uh, they set up something. They did this... Uh, a couple of times throughout the night. So Wendy Chu's, you know, selling the injuries, walking around backstage when Dakota Kai uh, is discovered with her bags of shopping. And uh, she says, oh, you've got a new wardrobe? That won't buy you victories in the ring. And uh, that's where I'll talk about the other bloody stupid segment they had. Uh, where, uh, where are we? God, there's so much bollocks on this show. Um, Dakota Kai's upset after she lost. Sorry, everyone, spoilers. Uh, and uh, Wendy says, hmm. Not as easy as it looks, is it? I mean, Wendy Chu working with Dakota Kai in a match, yeah, that'd be great. But mm. I didn't need all this great shopping stuff to build up to it. See, solid, solid. See, decent at best. Decent at best. Yeah, yeah. God, just two losers having a match with stupid wacky gimmicks. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait for the week after that. What a time to be alive. Right then, we got the star of the show. He's. Really over, isn't he? L.A. Knight, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was taking, yeah, on Sanger. Let me talk to you. I love him. He's great. I love him. Me. He's taking on Sanger, who's the the heavy of Grayson Wallows, who's still got that. Uh, what's it called? Bloody uh, restraining, restraining order. order. I can never remember it. Uh, by the way, Sanger, what a mustache! I didn't know it's that <laughs> last week. Oh, that's what he's. Been curling that rather than should be, should be doing more 12 hour curls, probably. <laughs> Actually, no, he batted him early on. It's David versus Goliath this match. Um, Knight has all on, literally just getting Sanger off his feet. He hits him with everything. Eventually, uh, a missile drop kick does knock him down. Uh, Grayson Waller, idiot that he is, decides to remove a turnbuckle pad to expose the metal buckle. Um, but then, as the referee's dealing with that, Sanger's just Murky in LA Knight. LA Knight sees his opportunity, rakes the eyes of Sanger, sends him into the exposed turnbuckle. It's a neck breaker. One, two, three. LA Knight's got his victory. In theory, Grayson Waller promised to, to lift the restraining order if that happened. What actually happened was Grayson Waller tried to get in and immediately attack LA Knight, and LA Knight beat him up and uh, I think hit a stunner on him before getting out of dodge before Sanger could get his hands on him. And then. <laughs> I don't think this is legally allowed either, to be perfectly honest. Later on in the show, Grayson Waller announced, next week on NXT Dubai, LA Knight's going to be arrested. Can you, like, schedule an arrest? Is that legal? We could save people. Yeah, but That's saying, saying, well, you've committed a crime, which means in seven days, you're going to get arrested for it. I imagine being in, like, uh, in the court system and you, you're going through your paperwork... What's what's going on here? What's going? On? You seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> um, a professional wrestler has um, issued a restraining order and then put it on the line in a in a match. Now this makes sense. <laughs> That's not what this is for, really. There are genuinely people like in danger. Mm. They need this kind of thing. And it's very frivolous. 
and I will not waste my time by doing this. It's going in the shredder. Yeah, it's sorry, going in the shredder. Sorry, Dave, I'd love to help you with that, but uh, I'm kind of busy on this case. Uh, there's this stolen credit card and uh, <laughs> this mountain of evidence that I've got right next to me. I think there's almost too much evidence uh, to prosecute this woman who's openly admitted to, to, to stealing and fraud and everything else. Who's, ba- who's bank rights here? That's a baby face. <laughs> it's, uh, anything you want to say about the mustache or the match? Um, other than guy's green. Yeah. Very green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, stunned. I was absolutely reduced to a state of shock and awe when... The momentum in this match was reversed when LA Knight evaded an incoming attack and put the big guy's head against the ring post. I just couldn't, could not believe that spot. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. The guy's green. Um, you meant to quietly establish the heater as a threat for this economical ass kickings and general, general, I'm massive, I'm invincible aura. One week. <laughs> like two weeks, maybe? Same difference. His kryptonite is wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Next up, we got a backstage chat, and it took me ages to work out who it was with. It turns out, I checked my notes, uh, Sige, it's a guy called Duke Hudson. He's, he's changed his hair a lot, so you might not recognize him. He's uh, oh. yeah. He used to have medium length hair, and now he has slightly shorter length hair. He used to play poker. You remember the poker guy? Have you ever seen this? You heard about you heard this? About this? Oh, yeah, not yet. Now, now I remember. And he's shooting on his feud? Question mark. Oh, damn it! Who left a question mark on the teleprompter with Dante Chen? He says Dante Chen's not here for a reason. He beat him up last week. That's the reason. Uh, and uh, but he, before he leaves, or oh, cat amongst pigeons, he wishes Indy Hartwell luck in her tag team title match next week. More on this in a bit because if women can't feud over titles, you know what they can feud over? Cack. <laughs> right on the championship summit. Uh, it is hosted by Wade Barrett. Uh, there's the kind of older Legado del Fantasma out there, including, of course, Santos Escobar. And then out comes Bron Breaker. Uh, Wade asks Bron what makes him sure he's still going to be champion, uh, NXT champion, that is, after Vengeance Day. Uh, and he says, look, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I respect you, Escobar, but next week I'm going to cave your head in. There's now what you can do about it. Uh, and he says, look, we all know how these things tend to go. Let's flip the table and fight. And Santos Escobar laughs and says, oh, I expect something, uh, nothing less from someone so young, so naive. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I do things on my own time. I'm the one pulling the strings. Paul Heyman might be there calling you the future of NXT, but I'm planning to end your career. Bron wants to have a fight, and then suddenly, Dolph Ziggler's music hits to a 
huge pop, I think it's fair to say. Uh, he comes out, he uh, plonks himself right in the middle of these two, and he says, what a night. He's got the champion and the challenger ready to throw down. What a moment. Well, until I showed up. He calls Breaker Kid. He says, congratulations on using Twitter and chasing that clout. They've been having a row on social media, basically. Um, he said, you know, you wanted to know if I work Tuesdays. Apparently, I do now. With a bonus, of course. Thanks, Ace. Yeah. Uh, and he God. says, I've got one thing to say to you, Bron. Who the hell are you? And Bron says, I'm the NXT champion. I'm the reason you're down here. Look, I'm going to handle you as soon as I finish handling Santos Escobar. And Dolph goes, rookie move, fella. He runs down all of his accolades, his achievements in WWE. I immediately thought of you when he said this line. I am aware that out of every 100 matches or so, 99 might not go my way. What? And, uh, baffled. But you can all you all know what I can do uh, any day of the week. And we get a steal the show chant. says, uh, all these accolades. Even if you did them six days of the week, percentage-wise, he's still failing at 99. Yeah. He says uh, he wants the NXT Championship, basically. And the, the crowd actually chant for a triple threat. I thought that's where we were heading. Um but Dolph doesn't care what they're yelling about. Uh, he doesn't have to be better than him uh, or smarter, which he is. All he actually needs to do is be in his head. And then here comes old man Champa. Tommaso Champa comes Scram. out. Scram! It's old man Champa. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Has he got the shovel? He comes out, says, says Dolph, uh, Dolph Ziggler in an NXT ring. Ain't that something? What a moment. Uh, I'll be honest, though. He says, Dolph is NXT champion. Hard pass. He sits next to Dolph. Calls him kid. Dolph Ziggler's over 40. Champa's like 36, I think. Whatever. Uh, he said, I love your spirit, but if you're going to walk into my home, and Escobar quite rightly goes, what the hell's going on here? Anyway, everyone has a big old argument. Um, also, Dolph then says, this is your home, Champa? The same few hundred Florida people come out and clap like seals each week, in and out. Is this... Don't say the quiet part, love. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he says, you know, no matter what you do, year after year, I mean, when does it end? I think Big Tommy's probably asked that same question <laughs> at one point or another. Anyway, it all kicks off. Uh, Champer and Dolph Ziggler start brawling, uh, and Legado Del Fantasma sees their opportunity. They attack Bron Breaker. But uh, as Santos Escobar is taunting the crowd, he doesn't realize that Bron has laid out uh, two associates from Legado del Fantasma. He turns around, it's just him and Bron, but then as he goes to hit Santos with the power bomb, Legado come back in, take him out, power bomb him through the table. Uh, and Santos concludes by saying, Everything happens on my time. See you next week, young champion. I didn't expect this. No, um, I would describe this as totally catastrophic. <laughs> like, totally and utterly catastrophic. It was fairly obvious that Escobar wasn't going to dethrone Bron Breaker. They made it way, way more obvious, even than that, on the back of this segment. Dolph Ziggler trying to do something adjacent to Nick Bockwinkle with his sort of visual presentation, the way in which he delivered this promo. I, I generally th thought he cut a quite tragic and pathetic figure. Like he even said, like, what is this? There's 200 people seals clapping who are here every week and they're the least discerning wrestling crowd there's ever been. Like, no one can appear as a star against this backdrop. Mm. He's ruthlessly told you this, stupidly as well. His, it's the pretension reeked. The trying to fake being a star element of this reeked. Telegraphing the outcome of the two matches this build towards reeked. Dolph Ziggler reeling off his list of accomplishments as if anyone can remember where his third United States title reign was won against. It's all a total blur. You could get the biggest dickhead mark like Jobber Nation, WWE Gareth <laughs> and you could put them on the spot right, and say, who did Dolph Ziggler win his uh, third United States title against? <laughs> and then, uh, 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 I don't know. Well, tell me it! <laughs> If it's that memorable, it's that great that you dedicate your entire life to being a completely miserable cock about how much you love this and how much you stand up for it. Tell me, who did Dolph Ziggler win his United States title, the third one at the expense of? Who? 
Who, who, who? I mean, I'm I'm genuinely looking on the Wikipedia page right now, and I'm, str- I'm struggling. Control and F Ziggler. Yeah, let's, let's see if we can find. Because I, I, did, like, I, did, I did like the fact that um, at one point he was like, blah, 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 you know, world heavyweight champion. I got that. Yeah, IC champion, United States champion, sole survivor. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Remember when you, you and Seth Rollins went to sleep at Survivor Series? They did it for uh, Retro Ups and Downs. I'm not sure if it's come out yet, um, but if you want to go and watch Retro Ups and Downs, some great ones on our channel with, with Miller. And uh, <laughs> Phil was showing me just how long that it was. I think it was a pedigree. I think, you know, he's ped- pedigree, referee, one, two, sting comes out, blah, blah. It's the, <laughs> it's the deadliest pedigree for both men that I've ever seen. So I was like, oh, yeah, remember that? Uh, he won his, th- his third... He's only won it twice. <laughs> only you had it. no idea, did you? No. You had absolutely no oh, idea. Of course, he won it. He won it from Baron Corbin, for those in- interested in this sort of thing, I suppose. Um, in a triple threat match that also featured Bobby Roode. Uh, and then that was the one where the next week he came out and left it and went, that's me, gone. And then he was number that. 30 in the Rumble and no one cared. <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. No offense to like Drew McIntyre, but I hate when they take someone out in December and go, probably all right to bring them back around like the 27th of January. Yeah. That's, that's enough time, isn't it? Be, Whoa, what a return. It's not a return. It's a vacation, basically. Did out with them as well. Now, yeah, like, just, he basically, it just completely exposed the guy is not a star at all. Like, it was a nice surprise. I'll say that. It was a nice surprise. Gen- obviously, no idea. Like, it had been teased on, on a bit like social media and WWE.com exclusives and what have you. So it was a nice surprise. And the potential of, like, oh, we talked about it a bit, a little bit on, the, on the news. Ziggler versus Champa, if they let them go full pelt, will be mint. Yeah, and, and him bouncing around like he did for Goldberg, but for Bron Breaker, is going to make Bron Breaker look That's all sound. Dominant. It's all sound and logic. The execution, I thought, was legitimately embarrassing. It was the double whammy, yeah. It was the, you know, I know you, you're shooting on the audience, but don't admit, like, say all these, all these audience are marks. Don't say they're the same people every week. And there's very few of them because this show sucks. You know the bit with the the meme of uh, Jonah Hill at some award ceremony when he's like, that's what I was thinking. He was cutting that, and the the ninety nine times out of hundred line. I was like, maybe make it. You could, I could, I could probably sit here and at least attempt to argue with you that if he says, you know, you know, I go to war every time, and you know, I've got a fifty fifty chance of winning. I can argue that's, that's a cute, cute little, yeah. yeah. Maybe not true, but cute. Don't say. If I said to you, right, me and you, Sige, outside, we're having a fight right now. Granted, nine times out, nine times out of hundred, you're going to knock me spark out. But you're telling me there's a chance I could beat you. What does it say about WWE's modern booking record that someone could lose this often and also be one of the most decorated champions in their history? None of these mean anything, but you can pretend they do. Honestly, this is pathetic. This right. Is, this is this is brainworms. Let's get, let's, let's get serious again, Sid. We've okay, got a bit yeah, of fun yeah, tangent yeah, yeah. here. Next up was the uh, schoolgirl who's got a magic necklace. Uh, Saray came out to face Dakota Kai. I, I thought they should have give, been given more time because I really, really, really like Saray. We've said this from the beginning. And Dakota Kai, oh my God, she's so, so much better. And this crazy gimmick isn't helping anyone. Um, but the, the, the work, the brief work was enjoyable, I thought. Um you know, Saray missed her drop kick and uh, Dakota Kai starts nailing her with those brilliant running kicks she does right to her face in the corner. Um, Saray fights back, hits a missile drop kick, that gets her a two count. Uh, Kai fights back, though, hits that brilliant scorpion kick on the second attempt uh, to get her a two count. Then Kai misses her kick in the corner. That kick from Saray sets up the drop kick in the ropes, which I just adore. And then she hits that big suplex to get the victory. Yeah, the missed kick was a shame. You don't want to, like, ruminate on one botch spot in a match. But at the same time, if you've got... If you cast a wrestler to the best of their abilities, give them the confidence, say, we believe in you in this role, you believe in yourself in this role, go out and kill it. And in fact, Dakota Kai did, more often than not, when she was a babyface. She's clearly, clearly hasn't got an idea in her head about what this character should be. It's a starting to affect her in-ring. It's genuinely... 
I don't want to say promotional malpractice. That's a famous melterism. When you really, because I don't think Dakota Kai's got the potential to be like a huge megastar. She should like, have had a world title reign which in is NXT. a great goddamn babyface, and they're doing this to her. It's disgraceful. Mm. Um, <laughs> Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are at the Barbers. Anyone else, I'd go, oh, what the fuck is this? But it's like Trick Williams and Carmelo. I'm like, yep, I don't care. They Stay are, on my screen forever. It's like they're giving them the worst material on purpose. Like it's a test. Yeah. And they're na- they are nailing Qu- it. More quasi-racism. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, where would you hang out? The barbershop. They could, to be honest, they could have picked a worse option, but, you know. Yeah, well. granted. Um, Melo's got a date with Ollie J. Good for him. Um, and he says, oh, third date. What's that, what's that implying there? He's going to sink his cock in a puss. <laughs> uh, they, they laugh and joke about the fact that some people even think cock... Uh, has actually got a chance against Carmelo Hayes uh, and his North American Championship next week. Even one of the guys who's actually there does, and they sort of run through what Grimes has done with a little video package going alongside it, of course. Uh, And Carmelo says, look what I've managed to achieve in such a short period of time. Grimes has never been in a match like this. He says, look, you're talented, but you're not talented as me. I'm a top talent, effectively. Uh, I'm going to make Grimes relevant. I do numbers, and then it's time for the haircut. Well, looks like we've had enough talk. It's time for you get haircut. And why are the cameras here? <laughs> yeah, it was something or nothing. This wasn't it. It was a build. I did, I'll say what. Just couldn't talk about it at the same time. I did like the uh, the video package with Cameron Grimes. I know I'm biased, but I thought it did a, it was, a it great was good, job. Actually, it was good. Great job selling him going back to the trailer park which you could probably buy now, I assume, uh, and saying how much he'd give it all up, give all the money up just to win that title. Good, just old-fashioned. Yeah. This is the most important thing to me. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, right, Indy is on the phone with Dexter Loomis, and when she gets home, she says, oh, bubble bath time. And then in comes Persia and says, cock mad. <laughs> he, he says, oh, was that Duke Bloody Hudson? She says, no, it was my husband. Why would it be Duke Hudson? Yeah, it, well, to set up this bit, obviously. Ah, is that some guy that you're not married to? <laughs> That's what I often do when you walk back into the office. All right, babe, all right, love you. I go, mistress, is it? Like, no, obviously not. Think about this. Anyway. Um, I don't know why they said that. Yeah. But say this next week. <laughs> yeah, they've... <laughs> they can't write a book or do bloody anything. So in comes the uh, the tag champs, JC Jane, Gigi Dolene, and saying, oh, not getting on already, you see? You want jealousy and blokes and stuff? Uh, and uh, and Persia says, well, you can console Mandy when she loses her title this week, and she can do the same for you when you lose your tag titles next week. And then JC Jane and Gigi Dolene, from out of nowhere, pull a photo of Indy Hartwell and Duke Bloody Hudson, and that Kicks off a brawl. Where would they have got this uh, photo? I don't know. Printed off on the internet. Yeah. yeah. What was um, Persia Prada doing last week? Paving over Drew Hudson's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Instagram or or something. Yeah. So, like, oh, there's a picture that they've got on the same thing. And you can say, she oh, would have went on a Facebook. Also, it's just that wet. She would have gone on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the bod pics. So she's clearly invested in Duke Hudson romantically enough to go through all of the social media yeah. accounts. I oh, probably doesn't look as good on Facebook. But also... But that's where the picture came from. She would know! Yeah, and it, it's, it, why is this an issue? Like, Indy Hartwell for, was in a heel stable. Duke Hudson has always... Duke Hudson has always been a heel. Heels tend to get along. Why wouldn't there be a photo of them together? doesn't mean anything. Just you got a photo with someone doesn't mean you... Probably bonded about, oh, where did you come from in Australia? Oh, you remind me of close to home. We should maybe like have a, be friends. No, too late now. So this is the end of the tag team. And it's all about cock. It can't be the fact that they couldn't get along and coexist and win the tag titles. God, to coexist line, Jesus. But instead, it's about men. Yeah, cock. <laughs> a little promo for Nikita Lyons, who says uh, she can sing, but she can also kick ass. Talks about life on the road, having to defend herself from creepy concert goers and van break-ins. Uh, she picked fights because she knew she could finish them. Come out here, come at her with that weak ass shiz. Uh, she's just a girl, and I'll take you out. You enjoyed this? <laughs> was, I'm a devout watcher of AW Dynamite who's really got over their use of the expletive 
right? It's parody at this point. Mm. And this, they, like, they find a way, don't they? They find a way to make it even lamer than it is on the New other game channel. next week, who gets the swear? Yeah. And what the swear word will be. <laughs> oh, yeah, genuinely, I'm up for that. Okay. Add it to the list. Oh, I nearly swore next because I just saw what the next segment was. Boris Johnson and John Bronson. Oh, my God. Whoever it is, I don't know which one of them it is, who can't talk to women. They both can't, but one of them especially can't and can't bring himself to say, all right, Caden, it's Valentine's Day next week. Do you want to do something for it? And uh, he says that he eventually does go work up the courage to go up and ask and uh, get confused. And Case Catanzaro and Caden Carter think it's like a, you know, a group, double day. Yeah, group thing. And uh, Briggs or Brooks, I don't know. One of them goes, what have you done that for? Ah, oh, bloody hell. I didn't want to have to be involved in this. And he says, oh, well, you get rid of Casey. Take her to the movies. And I get some alone time with Caden Carter. And he gives him, I don't know, $8. And he goes, that's not enough. And he's like, oh, bloody hell. I wish I could talk to women. <laughs> he's like, I'm not, I wish I'm not made of money. I don't tell people that no one in XT 2.0 gets paid very much. They're meant <laughs> to be stars. Oh, my God. Hey, you can make more money doing your Twitch. Oh, no, wait a second. Um, so, let me get this right. The one who isn't the one chatting up, Caden Carter, <laughs> so repelled by Casey Catanzaro, like, oh, don't bloody get me involved in this. You want to be a wingman? Yeah, I don't get it. I, he didn't, I don't think he said, I'm in a relationship. He just went, ugh, girls, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Morbid fascination is the way I would describe this segment next week. I'll pay attention to it. I will certainly pay like attention to it. We have got, it. like, laying out what happens with this in the midst of a pay-per-view, let's not forget. Might be my favourite thing of the preview next week. Yeah, I mean, my God. Like, what's what was the problem here? It's so They're so terrible at writing. The whole idea of a will-they-won't-they, they, right is that you put, like, really heart-wrenching obstacles in the way of the couple you want to see get together. I don't care if this couple gets together or not. Nope. I actively hope they don't. There's no heart-wrenching obstacle. Like, Tim and... Dawn. Tim and Dawn and Jim and Pam. Similar trajectories. The idea is Pam and Dawn have boyfriends who aren't really right for them. No who they met in early age, they've since matured, their partners haven't, they're in different phase, stages of their life. They meet, like, basically the one, and they feel like the, the loyalty, which just makes them all the more likable, by the way, their loyalty to their current partner has, like, a certain pathos in it, and it hurts. And then when they finally realise, you know what, this is a really scary plunge, my life is wrapped up completely in this other person, and I feel really bad, but the heart wants what the heart wants. I'm just going to have to go after the one. And it's so... And the fact that they agonize over this decision, right, makes it all the harder. And you like them even more. And then just when it finally realizes, I'm just going to go after the one, the one's like, well, can't spend my whole life chasing a fantasy. Mm. I'm going to go out with somebody else. That's the perfect... Oh, no. What's the obstacle (laughs) in Brooks Jensen? And he's a fanny. Well, that, and it's like, oh... Should have asked for a normal date instead of a doubler. Okay. I well, really hope. Okay, okay. What you do is, they've agreed. There's no obstacle here. She's clearly quite interested to a degree. Why don't you just go on the double date and then, God, you want to go for a walk? Mm. Spend some alone time together. Oh, ah. Uh, so where are they going? I don't know. I think he's taking Casey to the cinema. I can already predict right now, by the way, next week... Hey, I'm going to say what's going to happen and then attack on what I hope happens. It'll piss off with Casey and they'll just not show that, hopefully, because I don't need two segments on this show. But he, Boris Johnson, whatever his name is, he's not booked anywhere and they're bloody fully booked, even though it's the night after. Is That's right, isn't it? Yeah. It's the night after Valentine's Day, in which case, uh, absolutely fine for bookings. Absolutely no problemo. But a life of loneliness, a life of of an unhappy marriage with both parties thinking about the other all the way through their misery, right? That's an obstacle. Yeah. 
oh my God, instead of a date that I really want, it's a double date. What is this <laughs> nonsense? And gonna, What's it got to do with wrestling? It's going to go all places. Oh, sorry, sir, if you haven't booked, you know, you're kind of out of luck sort of thing. And they're finally going to get to one place, and they go, oh, absolutely, we've got some, and they're on the phone. Yeah, absolutely, we've got loads of loads of tables. We serve really bad food here, actually, but so we ain't got any bookings. And he turns up, but look at the bloody state of him. And then, I, do you want to tell you what I hope what happens? They go, oh, I'm sorry, sir, you can't come in dressed like that. Kane, Kane, Kane Carter looks great, obviously. They go, well, you can come in. Guess who's in there? It's LA night, and he goes home with a, yeah, yeah. Because that's the one I actually care about, not this prick who can't talk to birds. What's he doing? Why, why is he just wrestling? Actually, I don't want to see him do that either. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see either. None of this. Right. Let me do anything with you. No. No, Brooks. No. <laughs> oh, God, imagine. Well, on one side, Ken Carter's got this knobhead trying to chat her up. You want to, let me talk to you. I mean, there's only one choice, isn't there, ladies? Let's be honest. What a guy. Anyway, second round, a second semi-final of the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic came next. Heartbreak for our boys. Got these predictions completely wrong, me. Uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anofe versus MSK, the winners, of course, of last year's Dusty Cup. And uh, another enjoyable match, I thought this. Uh, MSK takes over on Blade uh, to start off. Bronco Buster to get an early uh, near fall. Again, we take a break. MSK completely in control. Uh, Inoufa is getting suplexed as we return. But uh, then they fight back. Malik Blade dives to the outside. Idris Inoufa nails Carter. They hit a double-team move. And a beautiful-looking frog splash from Idris Inoufa. Gets them a near fall, though. Uh, but Carter comes in to make a save. Blade gets sent to the floor. There's a drop kick. Doomsday device. One, two, three. Three. Gutted to see the uh, fairy tale story for Blade and Inofe is over. But MSK versus Creed Brothers should be tasty in the final, and MSK look back to their best. Should be tasty, yeah. You are different gravy. <laughs> um, they told the storyline. They got another team exposure. The whole bracket busting fairy tale didn't really work when the, the, the one because the, uh, they got their asses kicked too hard. Yeah. So they've had like. What one or two matches? One match where they like won cleanly, and then it's not really a fairy tale. It's not really a heartbreaking thing. But in terms of the match quality, we review this as coaches. How, how's this, how's this wrestler getting along in their development? All right, whatever. There was a spot. This wasn't like the best MSK match, but it at least felt like one. It didn't mm. feel like they were struggling through some ambitious spots. There was one spot where they do the um. One of my favorite tropes, I'm a sucker for it in tag team, modern tag team wrestling, is where they look like they're going to perform a move on one person, but in fact jump out of the goddamn ring to do it on the other. Mm -hmm. They did a really good variation of that spot in this match. Um, really good camera angle to catch it as well, actually. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was tits. It was really tits. Um, so that was good. It didn't feel like, Jesus Christ, they're not on their level, so that must have been a success. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, for the most part, the Dusty Cup has been a success because they made this team that even when they won that, like, what, Joe Gacy, Horland, DQ, oh, you're in the tournament match, I was like, don't care. Yeah. And now, next week or whenever they next wrestle, I'll be like, oh, it's the boys. I'm up for that. And obviously the final, MSK versus Creed Brothers, great dynamic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've they've done some great stuff with this this uh, tournament. So fair play to them. This is when we got the vignette for kilograms, um, and then we got Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu coming together for uh, shopping based stuff. Uh, and then we got the the uh, main event. It was the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Uh, Mandy Rose defending against Kaylee Ray beforehand, uh, as Mandy Rose is making a sexy entrance. Uh, toxic attraction. The rest of her stable, I suppose, get jumped. Uh, by uh, Parotta and Hartwell. And we are told in a subsequent report they have all been kicked out of the building. Midway through the match. Midway through important. the match. Yes. So uh, I did like early on, Kaylee Ray takes control early on because of course she does because she's great. I did like when she chopped her so hard that Manny Rose's choker came off. That popped me. I'll give you that. Um, Rose fights back, uh, but she gets knocked to the outside. Kaylee Ray does that great dive of hers. Um, Rose fights back as they're coming back in, though. Uh, sends Kaylee Ray headfirst into the middle turnbuckle. Does it over and over and over again to give her a bit of an advantage. Uh, then Kaylee Ray gets face slammed onto the mat. 
as uh, an abdominal stretch with the elbow in the ribs. Always looks like it absolutely sucks that, even if it's you just sort of working it because oh, elbow in the ribs, no thank you. Uh, Kaylee Ray sets up her KLR bomb uh, and it gets reversed into a sunset flip by Mandy Rose to get a two count. Kaylee Ray fires up those super kicks, Mandy Rose, sets her up, looks like she's got the match won. She goes up top when in comes. The rest of Toxic Attraction, JC Jane, Gigi Dolene, um, one distracts the referee, the other one shoves Kaylee Ray off the top, sorry, <laughs> just shoves your microphone out of the way, uh, and Mandy Rose hits that running knee to get the victory. Post-match, uh, they go to murder Kaylee Ray. They were both holding her back, and Mandy Rose placed the baseball bat as if she was going to hit her in the face with it. I'm fairly certain that's attempted murder. You, I saw I saw what she did, what Kaylee Ray like did. violent... Do. Prisonable yeah. assault. I saw what Kaylee Ray did to some glasses before earlier on in the night, and they were. It'll shatter your jaw, shatter your face. I don't know. Regardless, thankfully, Io Shirai runs in to make the save. Oh, God, yeah. Io Shirai in a wrestling ring. Who'd have thought it? Uh, she comes in, makes the save, cleans house, and it looks like she's got her new partner, uh, Kaylee Ray, uh, for the tag team classic. They got that alliance. Uh, what do you make of the title match? Oh, very little. Very little, if I'm being brutally honest. Um,. I admired Kaylee Ray's attempts to make Mandy Rose look like a towering champion. Just little touches where you think, oh, God, that looks like it hurts. When she was, like, bumping back of the skull first into the turnbuckle pads, it's like she really knows how to bump creatively in a way that makes it feel like, ugh, like wince-inducing. Hair but, makes it look good as well. Yeah. She knows what the hell she's doing. Uh, Mandy Rose to a... Like, kind of doesn't... She's not bad. She's not bad. It's so arse backwards, this, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... Kaylee Ray, you're incredible. So you have to bounce around all over the place to make this person we've decided to make champion look good. What? And it still didn't even work as well. Like, there was a bit when... You know, At least Bron Breaker's green. Yeah, new. but, like, really, 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 really promising. Like, yeah. we kind of know where we're getting with Mandy Rose, and it's just not up to par for a main event TV match. Um, There was a bit where, like, don't do spots associated with really great wrestlers and really great wrestling that are quite impressive to perform because if you can't perform them, all you're doing is just reminding people that they aren't great wrestlers. Like the bridge up spot, it was mm. so unbelievably yeah. cooperative. Um, so that wasn't good. Just completely took me out of the goddamn match. Um, like Kaylee Ray botched a super kick or Maddy Rose wasn't in position and she had to sell it because these things can't be improvised at all. Like at least... Dakota Kai was like, that was a bit embarrassing to do it twice, but at least at least it makes the next thing look halfway believable. The match kind of fell apart because she missed a super kick. Mandy Rose sold it. And then she's like, oh, Christ, she's not getting up. I can't really pick her back up. Oh, let's go to the next spot. And it's like, well, you can't do the next spot because she wouldn't be lying down because she didn't get kicked in the face. <laughs> it just wasn't good, this. It just wasn't good, and I just can't see it ever getting good. And they've signposted what happens in the tag title match next week. I mean, we already knew with yeah. the infighting with Persia and Indy. Yeah. But you've got Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray who are going to take the tag titles probably off them because then, you know, credit wider storyline, fair enough. Then you got Zoe Stark being like, well, we were the team. Yeah. What's going on here? How come? You, why are you still together? Sort yeah. of thing. And oh well, she's got a vengeance for what's happened here with taking the tag titles off them. So everyone's a winner, not really, but still. Uh, and yes, there was like you say that report that was important that they're not here. Swerve, they are. <laughs> it's so odd this because it's not as if right, uh, Kaylee Ray had any knowledge that. Um, the other two from Toxic Attraction had been kicked out. It was reported mid-match. She was none the wiser. It wasn't as she was thinking, oh, I can let my guard down here because those Toxic Attraction broads yeah. aren't in the building, so I'm no longer susceptible to an attack. What? <laughs> it just... It's, it's, they're terrible. They are terrible at everything, this company. Well, we'll look ahead to Vengeance Day next yeah. week uh, with bated breath. Let us know your thoughts on this show, though, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can get his brilliant book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, on Amazon. Wherever you are, on Amazon. Go and check it out. You can follow me on Twitter. Type Amazon.com. It'll redirect you. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilbur. I love how we've made it so much more complicated than it needs to be. Just go to Amazon. It's yeah. my fault. It's my fault. Uh, you'll just type, you'll probably just type the rise of 
If you're coming all the rise of AEW into your search engine, it'll probably be the top result. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today to look ahead to AEW Dynamite and uh, Tony Khan's huge announcement. Lots to look forward to on that, of course. Uh, but for now, this has been the NXT 2 <laughs> review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.